It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. More traffic from Congress on Dan Snyder and Roger Goodell. Some thoughts on the potential future of Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson and where the Washington Commanders offensive line ranks without Brandon Scherf. All of that on this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listener and first view every single day. And if you love the podcast, you're going to love this even more because now you can watch the Locked On Commanders podcast on the WSA 9 Plus app. WSA 9, our CBS affiliate or your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C., has a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Simply download WSA 9 Plus now for your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. I am David Harrison covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host Chris Russell, the rooster, one half of the Russell and Met Her show on the Team 980. You can find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. And when we're not there or here, we are on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO Commanders. All right, David, thanks again for making us your first view or listen of the day. A happy Father's Day weekend, everybody out there. And today's episode of the Lockdown Commanders podcast brought to you by our friends at Pet Online. Pet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before at Bet Online, where the game starts. So, David, is, is the custom for the Washington Commanders by any name, football team, Redskins, Walruses, whatever, there is never a dull moment. There is never a moment where you can let your guard down and just breathe. And Friday night at about 6, six o'clock or so Eastern time, we found out that the House Oversight Committee on Reform is not not just going to accept Dan Snyder's, no thanks, I'll see you guys on the other side, uh, letter from earlier this week without a fight. And so what happened was, is Carolyn Maloney, who's the chairwoman of the HOC, um, basically wrote a letter to Dan Snyder's attorneys imploring him to reconsider his decision not to testify this upcoming Wednesday um, and that was, of course, previously scheduled, previously invited. Uh, as you probably remember, everyone out there, Dan said he cited longstanding business conflicts or whatever the wording was. They gave him until 9 a.m. on Monday morning, which isn't a long time. But clearly, Dan Saad had to know that something like this uh, was coming and that there's a matter of urgency because, again, the hearing is scheduled for this upcoming Wednesday at 10 a.m. David, how do we think David, Dan, <laughs> how do we think Dan and his lawyers are going to respond? 
Uh, I, I think they're going to say the same. They're, they're not going to come. I don't know if, if they're going to use the same excuse or another excuse or the excuse that later came out on top of the business excuse or whatever it is. Either way, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Dan Snyder is pretty intent uh, and, and his side of this thing is pretty intent on forcing everybody involved to force every morsel of information they get out of him or his organization, despite any statements that he makes uh, himself through his lawyers or through the team as, as a mouthpiece. Uh, saying that they've done everything, you know, to cooperate and been forthcoming and open, which they're absolutely not because, I mean, alone and, and their follow up to their we're not going to be there statement alone saying that, you know, basically find out that they were only going to show up or he was only going to show up if certain criteria were met and if certain topics were off the table. So you can't simultaneously claim to be an open book, uh, but then also say, well, I don't want you asking me about these certain things. And right. and Congress certainly isn't going to cater your their investigation into your behavior based on what you want to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I Listen, I think Dan did not reject the first invitation based on some cockamamie, uh, you know, like trip out overseas and business that he couldn't get out of. I, I think that was a... a, a I think that was a mistruth, if not a flat-out lie. I think it was simply what you just mentioned, and we talked about this on a previous episode, is Dan didn't want to talk about the financial improprieties, the alleged financial improprieties. Dan didn't want to talk about what happened, allegedly, with Tiffany Johnston that came out at the uh, February 2nd roundtable uh, on Capitol Hill. Dan didn't want to talk about what allegedly happened and what he settled for for $1.6 million on a team plane or on Dan's private plane back in 2009. So uh, I, I think that is very much a part of this, much more that he can't get out of some business venture or whatever it is uh, on Wednesday, June 22nd. You know, I, I also found it interesting. They claimed in this letter from Carolyn Maloney uh, to Dan Snyder's lawyers, David, uh, that there were a couple of inaccuracies in Dan Snyder's lawyer's letter to the House Oversight Committee, and she specifically cited, without getting into too many weeds here and too much minutia, in June 6th and June 15th letters that there were a number of inaccurate assertions and demands, uh, but do not include, and I thought this was important, any valid reason for Mr. Snyder's refusal to appear at the June 22nd hearing. And basically, in short, basically what they're saying is, look, if you commit to us, if you tell us you're going to come, we're going to do we're going to help you. We're going to tell you what documents we're going to be asking about, what information we're going to be asking about. You help us show up, commit to us, and then we're going to help you. But you got to show up and you got to commit to us first before we start lowering the bar a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, look, just like, you know, other conversations that we've had uh, on this show recently, unfortunately, Dan, uh, Dan has every right to not accept an invitation to go uh, testify and, and, you know, all the, the pleading, the fifth and doing all those things, uh, that are involved. He does just like every other person does, you know, I mean, I don't know what you, you, when you get pulled over and the officer says, you know, do I have your permission to search the vehicle? You have the right to say no, you know, unless they have probable cause they're not, they're not supposed to kind of go against that. And I don't want to open up that conversation on this episode either, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to do that, just be real about it and be upfront about it and just say like, no, you're going to force me in here. Like if you want to come after me and you want to sully my name and you want to sully my ownership of this team and say that I've done all these things, you're going to have to make me be a part of it. I'm not going to voluntarily come you know, to the nation's capital and be a part of you telling the world how bad of a person or owner I am. 
And and to a certain extent, you know what I mean? There, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, it's it, my, my, my problem comes into where we get the later statements, which is we've cooperated and given them everything they've asked for and done everything that we needed to do because that's just, you know, not that's just not the truth. You're not answering all your questions openly uh, because you have the right to not to. And then right. that's fine. But again, just just own it and kind of stand on this hill of you're going to make me contribute to my own downfall versus voluntarily doing it and just make that the hill you stand on versus this this game where uh, essentially, again, I mean, we mentioned this on the last time we talked about Dan. Nobody really believes anything he says at face value because so many times he said one thing or a statement via him or his people have said something and then evidence has come out to the contrary. Yeah. And, and this, of course, bridges the gap to the next phase of this. What happens next if Dan rejects the updated invitation and the extra, extra, I guess, demand request, whatever for him by 9 a.m. on Monday morning? What happens? What's the next step? Is it a subpoena for Wednesday? Is it a subpoena for the future? We don't know at this point because it's pretty clear that at least as of right now, um, Dan basically is going to come, if he's going to show up, it's going to be basically kicking and screaming that he doesn't want to be there. Like you just, uh, basically described. So there could be another turn Monday afternoon or Monday morning at 10 AM. We don't know, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, and watching this, we don't know because of the quick turnaround here. And because they already have all members of the house oversight committee, both Democrat and Republican lined up to participate in this meeting, 10 a.m. on Wednesday. Believe it or not, it's not easy to get all of these people to clear their calendar for an hour, two hours, whatever it might be, however long it might take. So that's why the committee wants to get this done on the same day as Roger Goodell, who is going to testify via video technology. He's not actually going to be there, but he's going to testify via video technology. So I, no. I, I guess, what do we do? Do we give a tip of the sort of cap to Roger Goodell. I don't know what we do. I mean, this is what I said before, you know, after Dan Snyder kind of dropped his answer and said, no, I won't be there. Uh, that gave the NFL and Roger Goodell the opportunity to kind of not so much become the good guy in this whole thing, because they're accused of doing, you know, some, some pretty bad things themselves, but to kind of get above Dan in the, in the pecking order, right. It's kind of like when you're being chased by a wild bear, you don't need to be the fastest guy. You just need to not be the slowest guy. And right, right. now the NFL and Roger Goodell are trying to get ahead of Dan Snyder uh, a little bit and we'll see what they actually say i mean look roger could jump on the zoom conference or whatever video platform they're going to use and completely say nothing and just say but i showed up and that should make you happy uh but again um and, and if anything really what roger is going to show is that if dan snyder is out of the country um at all i i'm i'm fairly willing to believe that he is not in a place that does not have internet connection there are only a few countries in the world left that don't have internet connections i don't think dan snyder is visiting those places so you know at a, at a minimum like, I don't know if you're Dan, like, I mean, pull up a beach chair and a, and a webcam and, and join the conference with a pina colada in your hands if you want. Just show up uh, and do the thing. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't think he's in an internet-less country if he's no. anywhere. He's probably on Lady S, his yacht, off the south of France or somewhere uh, along those lines. All right, coming up, how a Deshaun Watson possible suspension for the Cleveland Browns quarterback could be also connected. Surprise to Dan Snyder. David and I will get into that next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. 
Yeah, we're going to do that thanks to BlueNile.com, where you can celebrate all life's special moments from creating the custom engagement or wedding ring of your dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as your life with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of your dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Commanders listeners. You get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings, so use the promo code LOCKEDON at BlueNile.com. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside or ruin any surprises you may be trying to plan. Shop stress-free. And find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft started on June 16th. Over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. And follow now so you don't miss a pick. Right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen and or your first view if you're watching on YouTube of the day. All right, David. So the NFL could be about to take, according to multiple reports, Mark Maskey uh, of the Washington Post reported this uh, on Friday. Mike Florio has, of course, uh, been involved heavily in this on Pro Football Talk. They could be about to take an unprecedented step in the Deshaun Watson matter, which some reports suggesting he could be suspended for an entire year. True or not that, you know, look, the timeline is still up in the air. I, I mean, some people believe it'll happen very soon. Some people it'll ha- believe it'll happen before training camp. Uh, but what I found it really interesting, uh, on Thursday I read this, the NFLPA, as you would imagine, is getting ready to you know launch an all-out defense of one of their members and a high-profile uh, member who has not been criminally charged. And I found it interesting because – they're reportedly going to use the defense that Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft for various incidents over the last couple of years were all not suspended by the league for alleged and proven, in some cases, misbehavior by the league under the personal conduct policy, which calls for a higher standard among coaches and executives and ownership and league people and so on and so forth. So. I ask you this, does the league have a problem when it comes to having not suspended Dan Snyder? And then you could throw Jerry Jones, you could throw Robert Kraft, but specifically Dan Snyder, when they find him or the organization, $10 million, didn't suspend Dan, said, yeah, he's not going to be around on a day-to-day basis, but he's allowed to go to games. And as a matter of fact, they clarified, they said he is not suspended. So they didn't suspend him. Does the league now have an issue when it comes to, oh, by the way, now we have to mete out punishment on Deshaun Watson when we didn't do it to these guys? I mean, the the league has an issue where 
every time another one of these controversies comes up, it just comes more and more to light that the league is very much a do as we say, not as we do organization. That's that's the National Football League. And again, we've got to remind people Roger Goodell works for the for the owners like mm-hmm. the owners don't work for Roger Goodell. And, and, and I know the way you kind of look at things like NFL is here. Teams are here. Coaches, players, all this other stuff. It's not it's owners. Roger Goodell and and whatever entity or logo they're attached to just is kind of part of the fluff and the in the pomp and circumstance of it all. But make no mistake, Roger Goodell answers to the owners. So you're asking Roger Roger Goodell to hand out punishment to the guys who are going to decide in, in a handful of years' time, you know, per contract, whether or not he still has a job. And that's an impossible position uh to put anybody in. I would love for Roger Goodell to basically be the white knight and, and the bearer of moral and, and ethics and, and good business and and come out there and publicly call out guys like Robert Kraft and publicly call out guys like Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder for what they're doing. But I can also sit here and say that I would estimate probably about 92% of, of the world's population in Roger Goodell's situation would do exactly what Roger Goodell does, which is do enough to try to show the public Hey, we take this seriously, but not so much that you're alienating every owner you need in your corner when it comes time to renew your contract. The system is broken. It's it's not even so much Roger. It's not so much. Uh, I mean, the owners definitely take advantage of it from time to time, I believe. But it's the system. And unless some mechanism kind of comes in and forces the system to change, which kind of goes against the whole theory of a free market and all this other stuff, uh, there's there's not a whole lot you can do there now. Players, you know, the, the debate that I've seen on 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 most social media platforms is, you know, is a tre- equal treatment between players and owners. And what I will say is I don't care what business you're in. That's not how this works. Like the CEO of AT&T can show up to late to work every day for a calendar year and probably nothing is going to happen to that person. Whereas the person working in a phone bank shows up late three times in one week, you're probably out of a job. Like the difference between owner and employee the treatment between the two, the standard of performance for all of them, it's, it's always been different. It's always going to be different. I'm not even saying it's necessarily right. I'm just saying that's the way all businesses work in, in every facet of America, not just the National Football League. I think that's a really uh, interesting and astute point, one that I didn't really think of when I was dealing with my, the processing of my thoughts on on how – I mean, we all knew the NFLPA was not going to just go away quietly and that they're no. going to defend their guy. We know no, that, right? They absolutely should. That's what they're there for. Absolutely. Whether it's four games, six games, eight games a year, whatever it might be. Listen, I hope Deshaun Watson is suspended for January 1st so the Washington commanders don't have to face him <laughs> – Uh, in week 17 of the season, right? Because that could be a very, very, very critical game Mm -hmm. if things go well enough that the commanders are in playoff positioning against the Cleveland Browns. That being said, David, you know, I I thought also about this angle. Remember uh, that Papa John's pizza, uh, Papa John Schnatner guy uh, that, you know, is no longer in charge of that company. He's no longer the CEO and how they tried to allegedly have or Dan and Jerry tried to get him to overthrow Roger Goodell back in 2017. And remember how upset Bob Kraft was after Deflate Gate mm-hmm. and before the massage parlor in Florida stuff? Like he was furious at Roger Goodell. So you have three owners right there that he didn't allegedly discipline, right? Right. That he gave maybe a slap on the wrist or didn't really do much at all. But all three of those guys were really, really upset at Roger Goodell. So to your point, kind of, is he works for them. And they are certainly Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft are two of the most influential 
big money movie shakers uh, in the world. So maybe that's why he didn't do that. But now it puts him in a tenuous spot when it comes to Deshaun Watson. All of this stuff certainly uh, going to be unraveled. Um, one last thing that we, we we had to get to on the politics end, and sorry there's so much of it, uh, and I'll just, just summarize this quickly. So we had six local members of Congress in the DMV area, including Jerry Connolly of Virginia, Eleanor Holmes Norton in D.C., who was involved, of course, in the RFK Stadium site. They wrote a letter to Commissioner Goodell urging him to require Beth Wilkinson to, quote, release the results of the NFL-commissioned report that she yeah. did. And I, I guess I just look at this as, of course, that's what they want, and of course that's what should happen, David, but I don't know. I mean, at this point, it seems like pretty clear they're not going to be able to compel, at least the way I see it, compel uh, unless there's a legal mechanism that I'm not aware of, basically a subpoena version to get that report released. I mean, honestly, that's like the knockout blow. You know what I mean? Like if this is a three, two count in this investigation. The NFL just needs to say, you know what? Let's just get Dan off the field. That's when they do it. That's when they come out and they find whatever legal loophole they need to find because these lawyers know what they're doing. And they say, okay, boom, here's how we release the information or at least enough to put enough of a, of a public spin on this thing. To where the rest of the owners, Jerry Jones included, have no choice but to say, "All right, Dan, that's it. It's enough. You're you're gone. We're moving past this." And then whoever comes in after you, hopefully, learns the lessons from you the way that David Tepper has from Jerry Richardson. Uh, that would uh, that would make a lot of people, I think, ultimately happy to have some progress, and of course, to have Dan not in charge. All right, coming up next. Yes, we're actually going to talk football. Where did the commander's offensive line rank among the 32 in the NFL? We will discuss. But first, we tell you about our friends at betonline.net. They are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find out all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's cup final in hockey and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet Online is just the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment here on this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And Chris, we are going to talk some football rankings. Um, there was one more point I wanted to make about the whole Deshaun Watson situation. Mm -hmm. And really, it kind of branches off into a totally different uh, conversation. That is the collective bargaining agreement uh, between the NFLPA, which represents the players, and the National Football League itself. And I kind of go back to what Tom Brady said when this most recent collective bargaining agreement was agreed to. And basically what it is, is, is Tom, and I'm paraphrasing here, basically said uh, the NFL owners just got more money. They got more revenue um, because even the revenue share, they did agree to split with the players a little bit more. The NFL owners still end up making more money per year on average than they were before. So even though they said 
to the players, we're going to give you a bigger chunk of the pie because of how much bigger the pie got. The owners are still getting more pie, if that makes sense, um, on their plate. So the owners got that. They got Again, they got the extra playoff team. They got the extra regular season game. And the the uh, the players essentially got a little bit of a larger share of, of profit sharing. They got to wear single digit numbers and they got to smoke a little bit more weed. And Tom Brady pulled no punches and literally and, and I'm not quoting the entire thing, but he called the players stupid. OK, like he, he the words dumb, I think, were the is the word uh, that he used. When you look at these things, you talk about guaranteed money and contracts and you talk about what the NFL has the power to do and how they can suspend and, and all these things. In a court of law, in criminal law, we get a jury of our peers if we want it to judge us and to pass judgment on what our punishment should be. That is a much more serious courtroom. So if we have a lesser courtroom, like like NFL conduct decisions, why are player representatives not being a part of that decision-making process? These are things that the NFLPA and the player representatives, like Logan Thomas, Bobby McCain, and Chase Rulia for the Washington Commanders, need to remember when it comes time to negotiate a new CBA. Owners don't get a share of profits based on how good of an owner they are. So why are the majority of player contracts being levied on based on how good of a player they are? NFL owners have, to a certain extent, a large guaranteed sum of money they know they're getting at the end of the year, but players have to go out there and fight and scrounge for almost every cent that they get. These are things that need to come up in the CBA. That's what will fix these things. You're not Roger Goodell and the owners are not just going to willingly uh, change these things over. Interesting. Interesting perspective. All right. I like that. Um, so one thing we wanted to get into before we wrap up this show, yes, actually some football discussion because ultimately that's what we want to do, but we're prevented from doing that by the powers that be. David, the 33rd team, which is a great think tank, it's uh, led and founded by Mike Tannenbaum, uh, who, of course, former Jets uh, general manager, former Dolphins executive under uh, Bill Parcells and has worked with Bill Belichick, so on and so forth. Um, and he started this group, and uh, Mike Solari is a longtime NFL offensive line coach, uh, and he works for him, and he did this piece that I found, and basically it was called, you know, tearing the offensive lines in the NFL in 2022, and what they did was they grouped offensive line units, starting units, into different tiers, and there were seven total tiers, uh, and if I asked you without looking at it, where the commanders finished or were tiered a do you know and b if you know were you surprised i know because it's in the script um i was surprised <laughs> yeah yes it is <laughs> yes it is in the script i wasn't sure i wasn't uh, sure if you had uh that that's why i gave you the extra option because i right. didn't want to blindside you even though i did yeah, I mean, honestly, given seven tiers to to rank these teams in, I would probably expect the commanders to be probably about four or five, right? Okay. You're, you're you know, um, you're you're basically right there somewhere, kind of in the middle, because Brandon Scherf, the loss of Brandon Scherf. I mean, you and I have kind of agreed here on the show. We don't think that's as huge a loss as a lot of people are kind of putting it with name value, but people out on the outside do uh, kind of give that a little bit of name value, and there's just there's some young names. There's some new names. Chase Roulier coming off of injury, hopefully for, you know, we'll be back for week one, uh, like you said, but we don't know. And all these things. So there's just when you have a, a five man group who has to dance in tandem and you've got so many new pieces and then a piece that's not even going to be there for the majority of those new pieces getting acclimated to the team. I could see somebody putting them about mid-level. Um, so I was actually pleasantly surprised to see where where uh, they were actually ranked. Yeah, so they were ranked in the third tier. You said you kind of expected initially fourth or fifth tier. Um, mm -hmm. 
I, I think this is about where, honestly, I, you know, maybe four, um, but I wasn't terribly shocked by three. And they were grouped with a couple of interesting teams, first and most notably the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and then also the defending Super Bowl champion, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams obviously lose their starting left tackle and Andrew Whitworth to free agency, but also the Green Bay Packers, the L.A. Chargers, uh, and there was one other team uh, as well, in uh, the New England Patriots, involved in that as well. Yeah. I guess I would ask it this way. You mentioned Brandon Sheriff. Clearly, we've covered that. You just mentioned it. Eric Flowers is kind of a forgotten person, too. Now, they did replace him with Andrew Norwell and a former five-time Pro Bowler in Trey Turner, who you and I got to talk to uh, a little bit earlier this week. I think they'll be okay at the guard position. I don't know if they'll be as good. But for me, this offensive line success and, and growth and stability is going to come down to, can Sam Cosme stay on the field? He missed a lot of games last yeah. year. You mentioned Chase Roulier. Can he come back? He says he's hoping for week one, but we obviously don't know. And is he going to be as good as he was? And now Charles Leno is a little bit banged up going into this last part of the offseason. So I don't know. All of a sudden, I've, I, I guess I probably have maybe some more questions yeah. now than maybe I did a month ago or even a week ago. Yeah, I mean, I like I like these rankings. I like the tier three ranking for Washington here, and 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 this is kind of the difference between someone who has been inside NFL organizations and has coached the position and helped put together or has put together offensive line groups themselves, and people honestly like me who would sit back and say, okay, well, Tom Brady is one of the least sacked quarterbacks over the last two years of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, boom, Buccaneers offensive line tier one, which is where I expected to see them, but they're tier two. But if you read the reasoning why. Tier two is offensive lines that feature premier talent at offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs, that have at least one slight question mark in their starting group. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two new starting guards on this team. So there is definitely a slight question. Even though both of them have good track records, you do. You have a slight question. So I like where that's put because these, these tiers aren't being based off of, well, Tom Brady wasn't sacked in 2021 because the 2021 offensive line is not stepping on the field in 2022. And then the Washington Commanders, uh, basically, I think they fall into this one major question mark on their offensive line or a team that has solid talent across the board, but no superstars. And when you look at Washington, Charles Leno Jr., Andrew Norwell, Chase Rulli, Trey Turner, Sam Cosme, all solid guys. Like you said, health is huge, but all solid guys that they're on the field. Is there a superstar there? I don't think so. I mean, I, I so. love Chase Rulli like the next guy does, but is Chase Rulli a superstar? Like, does every aspiring center in America know who he is? Probably not. By the end of the year, if he can stay healthy, maybe they will. And if they do, then maybe Washington moves up a tier. But but yeah, I like the way they ranked him out. And like you said, I think uh, health, first and foremost, is the biggest thing. The second thing, and Chase did talk about this, even though he's not on the field, he's kind of watching the tape on how guys work, especially these new guards. And they're talking about how they you know saw things, how they would interact. Mental reps are important, obviously. You still need to get out there and get it done. But, uh, but, I, but I feel confident in how confident Chase is that he's getting to know his guards by watching them and understanding them even though he can't practice with them. Absolutely. One last thing that I'll add, they were grouped together with the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're better than the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. That's me. If I'm wrong, I'll take I'll take the hit on that. I think they're better than the Dallas Cowboy offensive line. We'll have time to debate that for the rest of the offseason and throughout the year. But that's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen and or your first view if you're watching on YouTube of the day. Now make your second listen and view the Locked On NFL podcast, our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because in offseason, 
doesn't equal a break in the action. If you want to hop in on the voicemail line, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or email LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. For my partner, David Harrison, covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Ned Hurst Show on the Team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.